What's up, y'all? It's Miles the Millennial, the millennial who's actually not a millennial, but technically still a millennial. And this is Millennials with the Mindset, the podcast where we tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. Today, we're going into the next part of our New Year New Mindset Marathon. We have my brother, a good friend of mine, business partner, Ben, and he's here. He's going to, Ben Martin, he's going to be here. He's going to tell us a little bit about his entrepreneurship journey. Um, and he's also going to talk about marriage, you know, keeping a healthy marriage, those struggles and a father daughter dynamic because he's also a, a new father. So we're going to get going. Ben, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody listening. Yes, sir. Uh, my name is Ben Martin. I'm CEO of Martin Etiquettes. Um, it's just a pleasure to be here, man. I've been listening to the podcast. This is, the podcast is amazing. Um, shout out to Miles. I appreciate you bringing me on, man. Anytime I could bring some uplifting words or message to the youth and just to the culture of black men of uplifting ourselves in general, man. I love that. And I love what you're doing. Um, my business is Martin Etiquettes LLC. So it's a men and women's accessory company. I started back in 20, about 2018, um, 2017, learning how to make bow ties myself, like sewing by hand. And so it took a minute to kick that into gear, but the inspiration really came from wanting to, I've wanted to own my own menswear store for a very long time. But mm. if I was going to own my own store, I didn't necessarily want to own a store where I outsourced everything. I wanted a product that was special, that was genuine, that was something that I could give to my customers and clientele that literally came from my hands. So hmm. I learned first by making my bow ties by hand. Now I make women's scarves by hand as well. And we also sell neckties. And we're getting into a few new projects coming in 2021 that I don't want to reveal just yet. Man, <laughs> it's been such a great journey, man. It's taught me a whole lot. Um, it's reinforced some old lessons that I've learned from the past. And I mean, it's just been amazing all the way through, man. Man, that's amazing. You know, hearing you say that you wanted to have something that you source yourself rather than outsource and get from somebody else. Um, that's that's a different level of ownership. You know, I'm really big on ownership. I talk about ownership a lot on this podcast and about how that's a key way to you achieving freedom financially and, you know, just in your personal life is owning the things that go on and, and within your power. Um, you talking about creating your own bow ties where you could easily, you know, you could source these from Amazon. You could, you know, pull all this stuff from any place. You're doing this by hand. And, and, and the power of that sets you apart from so many different people because for most of us we get our products from other people and then we just slap our logo on it you know that that's just kind of how it works yeah. the fact that you're going through the process of you know creating it from scratch yourself that's powerful man what so you said you wanted to give people this experience you know that they really could feel something genuine from you what really made you feel that way did you feel like when you shopped at other menswear stores it just wasn't that type of feeling it all felt generic how, how did you get to that motivation yeah man it came from um really a desire one um of learning the game and, and the key to a lot of things man is having skills and mm. i don't know when i started to pick up on that game specifically 
But when you have something that you control 100% of, it's something yep. about no one being able to tell me how to make my ties. No one being able to tell me what fabric I get to use. No one being able to tell me, well, you have to sew this way. No, I control 100% of that process. Hmm. And I love that. And when you're talking about owning your own brand, owning your own business, uh, being an entrepreneur, I believe you have to have some sort of skill to put behind hmm. your hustle, you know? But yep. either way, the way I look at it, if you don't have a skill that you know that you control 100% of the game of, man, and you call yourself an entrepreneur, eventually you're just going to end up being controlled by somebody else on a different level. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that's why when I open my menswear store, man, let's just say today my uh, who I use for wholesale, for distribution, for my neckties, let's say they didn't want to use me anymore. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. They haven't taken away my whole business. I still control the element of my bow ties. And yep. that was so powerful to me when it comes to this company with something I love, something I put my heart in. No one can come in and steal that from me. You know what I'm saying? As long yeah. as I have the knowledge, no one can take that. And that's something yeah. as an entrepreneur, I think with this age of people starting their own businesses, wanting to be independent, we get so quick to want to find that thing that makes us independent that we forget. How are we controlling it? How are we pimping hmm. the game? Or are we just controlled by something else? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you stop working for yourself to let's say you work um you want to work for another company that gives you more time let's say they just give you yep. more time to do whatever you want but you still have to push their product at the end of the day you don't control the product you don't make the product you don't know how it's made you know nothing about it all you know is you just need to push the product well mm. you might have more time with this job but you're still being controlled by essence by this job when you learn yeah. how to pimp the game man when you learn your own skills you can use and charge whatever rate you want People who learn yeah. their own skills and abilities, man, they have leverage. And when you have that leverage, hmm. you can use that to control your own life. No one has to tell you what to do, how long to work, how much to charge. You get to control that based on your services, based on your skill level. And I feel like when you want to go on a journey to be an entrepreneur, having that independent skill set that you can develop is, is, is so major. It is. Hmm. You sat there and you said a word that's so crucial, leverage. You know, I think back to Nipsey Hussle is somebody that a lot of people look up to for his mindset and what he, he talked about while he was here on this earth. And one thing that he did, he wanted to sign, I think he was Epic Records or whoever, it was like five years ago, he wanted to sign a deal with them. Um, and at the time, he wanted independence. Like, he wanted them to help with distribution and, and different parts of elevating the game of his craft. But what he did not want and what he did not want to uh, settle for was giving up the rights to his music, you know, um, and, and all the different pieces of that process that he wanted to control, that element of control. Because the rights to that music he knew was going to pay him, his family, and his, you know, his, his kids' kids for generations on. And that, that was power for him. That was his leverage. But he didn't have the leverage at the time because he didn't have the numbers to support it yet. So Nipsey refused a deal with this record label and said, okay, this is not the type of contract that I want. He went and did it on his own. He did the longer route. He put in the time. He developed the skill set. He built his own base. He built his own distribution. He built his own marketing and was able to start selling out shows and arenas to the point to where he was a household name with no label backing. He really didn't even need a label. He only wanted the label so that it could help make distribution processes easier. And before he died, he decided to go and, and make a move and sign this deal. 
And when he signed that deal, he still maintained the rights to all of his music. And that's something that very few artists do. And the reason why was because now he had the leverage. He has something to bring to the table that showed, look, I'm productive. I can produce. I'm successful at what it is that I'm doing. I don't need you. I want you. And there's a difference. There's a big difference when you can sign that contract and make the own terms because I'm the one that brings the value to the table and with or without you, you know, I can make it. Now you have to do my bidding, not the other way around. It, it, Yo, it's, yeah. Go ahead. You, 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 you hit on something so major right there, because like, I think the biggest thing with being an entrepreneur is it, you got to play the long game, right? It's the grind. Mm -hmm. it, it takes a minute. People think they're going to get in in their first year. Boom, they're going to yep. blow up and they're going to be all over Instagram, <laughs> YouTube and all these places and making all this money, man. And I don't think a lot of people understand, like, the short exactly. route might be attractive, but it's not going to truly give you what you're looking for. Nipsey knew that, yep. <laughs> that if he signed that deal, he'd get that quick money right there. He'd mm -hmm. blow up right there. But in the long yep. term, he really wouldn't receive the freedom, the independence, the novelty that he wanted. By waiting, by grinding, by getting the knowledge, yep. by actually doing more of the work, by putting in more of the grind, he actually got the dream he wanted. And exactly. I just don't want people to get tricked that if you don't put it, if you put in a year and you don't see the results, that means, oh, you need to give up. You need to stop right there. No, this this entrepreneurship game, it, you got to play the long game. You have to have the mental capacity to understand that it might take me two years it might take me three years to really get that breakthrough exactly. that i needed if you talk to exactly any big entrepreneur man any big um any big celebrity actor or whatever they'll always tell you they've been doing what they're doing for years almost some of them decades before anyone even yep. noticed what they were doing yep People, exactly they got that one shot and broke through all of a sudden everyone thinks that it happened overnight but no it was years of this work of them crafting of them working of them gaining knowledge you know and i i want to impress upon people that it, it, this takes time. It's not something that's going to yes. happen overnight. You have to be patient with yourself, you know? Yep. Social media has really messed that up for us, oh, bro, man. because all we see is people posting their wins and all we see people is where they're at now when they reach the success. Nobody is sitting here telling people about the process it took to get there and how long it took to get there. I was just watching a reel that came up on my Explore page on Instagram and it was this older dude, he probably was in his 50s, Asian guy. And he was sitting there talking about, he's a real estate, real estate mogul. And he said, I got one simple truth for y'all. This shit takes time. It is not easy. He said, I was doing real estate for, for 15 years before I had a major breakthrough on a level that really took it to the next level. He says, you have to put in those hours. You have to put in the, the real work. I don't care who you are. Or what are you talking about? If it came quick, you're going to lose it quick. But when you put in that time, when you built the process, when you built the control, you have the control, you have the power, you have the longevity, and that's when you achieve sustained success. It's a total different breed than, you know, just having a, a minor come up. You want to win in the long term. Yes, sir. Too many people play that short term game and are short term minded. That'll never, you know, pan out for you the way you want it to. Um, and that's really key. You talking about this understanding between ownership and entrepreneurship. They're different. You know what I'm saying? They really should be one in the same. A lot of people are being entrepreneurs in a certain way, but they're not really owning anything. And they think they are. You don't own anything. If Amazon were to shut down today and that's who you source from, guess what? You're out of business. Over. <laughs> that's one of the main reasons why for my book, for example, um, I don't promote my book for people to go buy it on Amazon. I only put it on Amazon for a few weeks for the simple fact that you have to have it in that status. You have to have it on that platform. But, um, you know, it's not 
for anybody and everybody to just have it from there all the time because the, the main issue with it is amazon take 55 percent of my profits mm. i'm not with that mm. offering them to what distribute it to people i can do that myself and maintain 90 percent of my po- my profits mm. <laughs> you know my margins are significantly higher and because i was already selling shirts i already had all the materials i needed i had my own system enabled i had a label printer i had packaging i had mail slips I had a, a what you call a Shopify system and website that could process my orders. So because of that, nobody can control me. So I said, okay, cool. This book is coming down at the beginning of 2021. It's not going to be on Amazon. If you want to find this book, you're going to see it. If you want it, you buy from me. You buy from my website. I'll handle that. And yes, it may take me more time to process the order. Is more work coming out. But I'll take that rather than somebody else in the name of me being an entrepreneur, in the name of it looking cool to have it on Amazon, you know, I'll take me having to take a little bit more time to maintain the value of all the work I put in than for somebody to take 55 percent of my profit and, 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 and feel like that's cool. Nah, I, I'll never sell myself for that. You know, ownership is the key. It's not about entrepreneurship. It's about ownership. And we have ownership of your product and ownership of your business. You start to have ownership of your life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, my so, goodness. I mean, you dropping there, man. Like, I mean. Oh my God. I mean, and I think that's the hardest thing to really tell people, you know, because people that they see the stuff like, Oh, well, his books on Amazon, but don't get that. Well, how much of Amazon, how much is Amazon taking from that? How much do we owe Amazon? Because it's there, you know, exactly. And the cool thing is about that. You own the book. So if you want to take it off Amazon, I can do it. It's gone because it's yours because you own that. You put in the work, you gain the knowledge, you create, you sat down and wrote that book. You created something that you put into this world that you can control yourself. No matter exactly. how much Amazon begs, they can't take that book from you. They can't the take that. Can. That's your property. You own that. And when you own yep. something outright, you can do whatever you want with it. So it's exactly. a little, it's, it's harder to build those skills, to build the ownership, to put in the work, to get these things that you control 100%. But I promise you, it is, it is worth it. It is worth way more everything. worth it. Way more. It is worth, worth everything, man. And so when we talk about ownership, we have. I want to move into a different space. You know, you don't just have to own your business. You know, you don't just have to own you know money things, but you have to take ownership over the success of your relationships. And the most important one you have is the one with your spouse. So you, as a married man, how many years have you been married? Five years. Uh, we've been married. Two years now, but we've been together officially seven years. Seven years, man. So that's a long time and a long process. I'm sure you guys have been through many ups and downs. Boy. How how do you process that and um in those good and bad times? And and what's your advice to people, you know, that are my age, you know, we're in our early twenties looking at life. We feel like love is either really hard to find or we just know everything about love. We, we feel one way or another, we're hot or we're cold. What is your advice to people on how they can build a sustained relationship Ooh. with their spouse? Yeah, man. Um, oh my goodness. When we talk about, so let me, let me flush this out to give you a full yeah. picture. So me and my wife been together for seven years. We met in college. And so, mm. We both are Greek. I'm a Sigma. She's an AKA. So if you, uh-huh. I know you're Greek too. You're a new man. So I mean, yep. you already know how Greek life is, man. Yeah. So 
It gets wild. We're both freak. <laughs> um, yeah. He's a captain of the dance team. Um, I'm on the track team. So we're both very active outside of that, man. And so there, there's a lot of different factors that are coming into play every day with us. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's yeah. practice, whether it's teammates, whether it's Greek drama, man, whatever the case is, it's coming into play. And we're having to make big decisions of where our relationship fits in all of this. Where is the priority? Is it going to be your teammates or is it going to be me today? Where mm. where are you showing me that I matter? And so we we got we got a really big crash course experience in learning how to a swallow pride and because mm. I mean you have a million people talking to you every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I'm a junior at the time when we meet and she's a freshman, so. Yeah. We, we all have a lot of different voices in our ears all the time telling us what we should be doing. You know, should we be together? Are we good fits? Are we good matches? All of that good stuff, man. What we had to learn to do was, was A, focus on ourselves and focus on and ask ourselves what we truly want. Do we yeah. want to be together? Is this something, as a long-term relationship, something we legitimately want to do, want to sacrifice for, want to put in the work for, you know? And during your best years of your 20s, your early 20s, your late 20s, man, you want to make your best decision for who you spend your time with. And you want to make sure whoever you make that decision to spend your time with, that they also feel the same way. And so hmm. what I want to, and I think we just did a video pertaining to this, not the other day, but whoever you choose to be with in life, make sure that you're their number one choice as well. Yeah. I know as men, we can always get caught up in the idea that, you know, I really want this girl. I'm trying hard to make her notice me. I really want her to like me. I really want her to enjoy my presence. I really want her to value me. And what I want to tell the men out there is stop trying so hard for women who don't necessarily see your value. Hmm. Because hmm. you might ultimately, let, let's say you get them to fall for you, but you're not necessarily their number one choice. Yeah. Well, in the long term, when we talk about a relationship over years, well, then it's gonna show. things start to sink in like, well, what if? What yeah. if I got the dude who I saw that was a little better than my husband? What if mm. I went with the option that of the guy who looked like a little better or all these things that come into play when ultimately you weren't her first pick. You weren't mm. number one. And so now you have a problem setting in that you you have this this slight resentment coming from the woman you love but it's coming from a place that's honest for her because she really doesn't <laughs> know if you were her number one pick but fellas i want you to get out of the mindset of trying to win her over when she doesn't fully accept you hmm. because it, it's not going to end well when you're not the number one pick you don't want to be the plan b you don't want to be the same Oof. guy. You don't, you don't want to be the backup. Dude. You want to be the dude that on any given day, she would choose you, number one, up front, all hmm. the time. You know, and <laughs> it, it's such a huge part because I feel like everyone wants affection. Everyone wants hmm. to feel wanted and everyone wants to feel valuable, especially when we're talking about a marriage, a relationship. Like you want to feel yeah. like your spouse would want you on your worst day, you know? And so... I just want men to, to get out of that mindset and even women too, you know, don't always fall for the person you want just because you want them. If you know you weren't their number one pick, 
Yeah. And I mean, that played into me and my wife as well. I feel like we both feel like at this point that we were each other's number one pick and we would yeah. never chosen each other if we weren't, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like that factor is, is so crucial and so critical yeah. to making sure you pick the right one and not the person you fantasized over, but the person who truly shows you that they value you as your number one, that those two things link up. You don't want to see <laughs> when it comes to choice of who to be with, you know? Man, <laughs> what can I say? You just said, the, the things you just said, man, that, that's something I haven't heard before, but it's so, it seems so obvious, Yeah, you know, but it, it's something that I think a lot of us miss, being the number one pick, you know what I'm saying, being that person's priority, because one thing that is very true, if you're not the priority, something else and someone else will be. Ooh, when, when it gets to those pressure moments or them days where they really don't want to put up with you, they won't. They'll choose something else over you. They won't deal with your ugly days. They won't deal with your ugly times. They're not going to stick with you when you need your fixing. Yeah. But you would do the same for them because for 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 you, they were always your number one exactly. pick. Exactly. But because it's 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 that that basic saying of make sure you find somebody that's your match. And finding somebody that's your match is not about you know if they're more attractive than you or smarter mm -hmm. than you or make more money than you. It's not about that. It's about the energy between each, the, the, the two of you guys. Yes, Are you on the same page with what you're going to give and what you're going to take? Yeah. And everybody has to be on that page. If you're not, then the team is already off to a bad start and it's going to be doomed to fail. Yeah. Man. So that's real. And I think that's something that we, <laughs> that that's a big thing because I think an issue that we have is everybody is longing so much. And I don't know if this was the way it was before social media and all this stuff happening, but I feel like it's definitely been exacerbated because I, I look at it and it seems like everybody, all we talk about is, is the, is other people like the opposite sex or whatever you're interested in. It's just about, everything's about love and either the pain or the highs of love, the yeah. high and low, nothing realistic though. Like, it's either people saying I hate men or I hate women for this yeah. or I can't wait till somebody loves me this way or, you know, that's all I want. And you look at it and it's like, man, this doesn't, this isn't the reality of how love works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you're constantly out here searching for love, you're going to inevitably find it in the wrong place or in the mm -hmm. wrong person because you're searching for it. Rather than when it comes natural to you, you're actually coming from a place where you're analyzing yep. and evaluating something to see if it really fits you. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? But if you're wide open for it, it's easy for somebody to slide in. Man, you know, that really shouldn't be there. Oh, my gosh. You know what? And, and I've started to find this um, to be evident. The more you work on yourself and you work on leveling yourself up, getting better, being the best you. And when I say being the best you, I mean mentally being the best you, emotionally being the best you, physically yeah. being the best you. Those type of people that you're looking for will find you instead of yeah. you constantly pursuing. Because I, I yep. we get caught up, especially, you know, as black men wanting to to find the perfect wife, to find the perfect spouse. Mm. And we get mm. so caught up in running behind women, spending crazy amounts of money to try to impress mm. women doing things that are out of character and losing ourselves when really the type of woman you want, if you're focused on yourself, on building yourself up, going to the gym, you know, if you're, if you're spiritual, reading your Bible, staying focused, meditating, being your best self at work, 
being your being on your grind, man, truly leveling up and being your best self, I promise you, those caliber of women will find you. You won't have real. to go looking very far. That's you, real. you you absolutely won't, man. Because you have to think about it. It's when you're marketing yourself, you're building yourself up almost like a company is. I'm strong in these areas. I'm strong in these areas. Okay, we're weak here. We need to develop in this area. And then you're presenting it to your ideal customer. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's a natural presentation. It's not a, you know, I'm going to go sell myself. It's just in your everyday atmosphere yep. because it becomes a part of your quote unquote company culture or a part of who you are. It's just your everyday self. And when you're doing that, you're already checking off boxes of the people who aren't your consumer. You know what I'm saying? Who aren't your end yep. target customer. Okay. They don't fit this because they're not spiritual. They don't fit this because they're not into, you know, physical healthiness. And that's really important to me. Those boxes are going to be eliminated and you, mm -hmm. you automatically putting yourself for a criteria and raising a standard for what's going to come into your life based on who you are. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very big issue is so many people want their partner to be the one that saves them and elevates them Ooh. rather than them getting their stuff together before they even get in a relationship. Boy. And if you're not doing that, you, you're, first off, nobody is able to just completely turn around who you are, nor should you want them to. Maybe it happens from time to time, and that's great. Beautiful love story. But how much better and you know simpler could things have been if each of them was honest and complete about who they needed to be, who they were, and who they weren't? And they had that conversation like, look, this is what I can give you, and this is what I can't. Can we accept this? Can we move forward with this? Rather than having somebody having to repair you, you wonder why things never go your way. It's because you have problems. Mm. You still have holes that you need to fix. And until you fix them, you're going to continue to bring in people that are going to make them worse. Because once you have solidified a hole, you know, that was once there, a vulnerability, a insecurity, a, a problem, whatever it is, a behavior issue. Once you have fixed those things, you're cognizant of people who could come and mess that up. You're very aware of that. And you're like, you know what? That can't slip through the cracks. I'm not allowing this. So somebody has to come around that's at least at this level or better because I'm not yeah. settling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, my gosh, man. Like, nail on the head, brother. Like, I could have put that better myself. I mean, when we talk about relationships and we talk about building ourselves up and we talk about finding that right match, a lot of that has to deal with before before you even pursue that person, making sure that as a person, you're secure in yourself. That yes. You don't get that validation from other people that make you feel good about yourself, make you feel good about who you are. And so much of our generation right now, I mean, social media is good and bad. I'm not going to I'm yeah. not going to bag on social media. Yep. Social media does a lot of great things, but it's also can be used in a lot of negative fashions. And I think a lot of our generation is suffering from the addiction to those negative sides mm. of social media, that attention, mm. you know? And so yeah. what we do, it ends up having us seek validation from those on the outside. If someone, mm. if the majority doesn't like how we feel about something, then we change how we feel. Yep. Majority people don't like how we think about something. We change how we think. And I mean, we, we just mold ourselves to what we feel like people are going to like rather than being our true, honest self. Mm. And so when you talk about finding that person and being in a relationship, if you're not secure in who you are, that person is going to rule and control everything in that relationship. Mm. And I don't say that from a perspective of like being a controlling or manipulating husband or wife. I say that in the manner of you can't truly express how you feel because you're too afraid about 
how yeah. they will think about you. You can't yeah. truly do or be your best self because you're too afraid or you're too shy to show them the real you because you don't know how they will react. That mm. insecurity over time is going to build what we call resentment. So it might not show in the way that necessarily your wife doesn't say you can't do something. But yeah. if you really want to do something or really feel strongly about something you want to do and it years go by without you doing it because you constantly feel like, well, she won't let me do that if I ask. She won't let me do that if I say something. I don't necessarily like this, so I'm not going to say mm -hmm. nothing because I'm too scared to lose her. Well, you're going to build resentment <laughs> and it's not her fault. Yep. It's, not it's their your fault. fault. You're not secure yep. enough within yourself to say, hey, babe, I don't like X, Y, Z. Hey, babe, you're great, but we need to change X, Y, Z. A certain, <laughs> certain things need to change because I don't like them. And it has nothing to do with you being a bad person, with you not being a bad fit, but I just don't like X, Y, Z. And a lot, of, a, a lot of the relationships, I mean, man, from the seven years we've been together, we've had a lot of those conversations. And we've learned how not necessarily to be comfortable yet, but we're building to a place where we've created an environment where we can talk to each other in a fashion where, hey, this is something that I like, mm. and I would like to see X, Y, and Z changed on both mm. ends. Because the, the funny thing about a relationship is both of you guys are going to be constantly changing. So yeah. you truly never know, especially in this period of like your 20s, 30s, like, man, Aspen, my wife is a completely different person than what I met in college. Mm. And so a lot of things have changed. So as those things change, we can't expect our spouse to always be the same, but we have yeah. to create an environment that allows our spouse to voice themselves and allows themselves and allows our spouses to actually say how they feel. But to that point, if your spouse or yourself, if you're not secure within yourself enough to voice how you feel honestly, to be completely blunt with this person who claims to love you, there are a lot of things that are going to fall by the wayside and a lot of places where your relationship will crumble. And it has a lot to do with you're not complete and comfortable with yourself. Whatever problems you have, they're only going to grow when somebody else is brought into the oh, picture. Oh, my goodness. And I feel like to, to go into our next point, man, one thing they always say, a baby is uh, is not going to gonna make love and it's not going to uh, like it's not going to make a relationship quote unquote stronger just because you have a child, especially if you're already having issues. What a baby does do is it will multiply whatever issues or benefits are already there. You know, if you guys have a lot of issues, it's going to make it worse. If you guys are in a really healthy space and a loving space it's going to make it a lot better. Not to say they won't challenge you, but it's going to multiply because now you've multiplied. You produce something that requires both of you guys efforts. So tell me about what it's like, you know, being a new father to a daughter. You know, what is your what have been your experiences, your, your outlook on it? You know, your advice towards young men who will be fathers to daughters one day. What's what's the goal that you have as a father? So, man, uh, Noah's the, the best thing to happen to me and my wife, man. She is absolutely amazing. Like, whatever I thought a child, having a child would be like, I couldn't even imagine the type of love that I had. Like, it's mm. almost indescribable. You really mm. can't even put a finger on the, the type of affection you have towards a child. Like, I love my wife and my daughter equally, but the love I have for my daughter is completely different 
than the love I have for my wife, you know? And I mean, I, I can't even put into words what that is or what that feeling is, but it, when you, when it comes, you'll know. Um, yeah. When it comes to your relationship and a child, um, teamwork is paramount. Like, mm. man, if, if you guys do not work good together as a unit, like a baby does nothing but expose <laughs> All of those faults, you know, if, if you're not good at picking up your slack or even being able to see that your wife or husband might be weakened somewhere and being able to just shift and adjust, man, it, it's going to get rough because, I mean, a newborn child, they, they need 100 percent attention all the time. And there will always be times where I can't give her all the attention she needs. So Aspen has to pick up the slack for me and vice versa. Aspen might not be able to give the baby all the attention that she needs. So I have to do a little extra. And even in outside of your child, if Aspen is taking care of the child and she's giving the child all the attention she needs, okay, so what now is going on with the house? So mm. who's cooking? What about you guys? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so the biggest thing as far as maintaining, you know, Maintaining the intimacy, maintaining the romance with the child being here. I mean, man, that is definitely, it's a difficult dance. Um, thankfully for us, we've been blessed with a lot of help from family. A lot of help mm -hmm. from family and friends that can literally, that literally will drop everything and come grab Noah, you know? They'll drop everything and pick her up for the weekend. Drop everything, and if we need her in a pinch, They'll pick her up, look after her for an hour or two if we need it. And so yeah. that has always been awesome. One of the one of the biggest blessings we've had this year is just the support in the family. But it's realizing as well is not to get lost in the sauce of having a newborn child. So I hear and I've heard from a lot of um, aldermen when it comes to protecting your marriage when it's having a child is never put your child before your marriage. Hmm. And I'm starting to understand some of what they're saying because you can get into the, the day in and day out routine of taking care of your child and literally forget all about the intimacy and romance in your marriage. It's so easy hmm. because like I said, your child needs 100% of you in that attention yeah. as long as they're up they're gonna need something. And it's so easy to wake up in the morning, the baby's crying. So someone feeds the baby, someone gets up to clean. Okay, if someone's cleaning, then they're changing the baby and getting her ready for a nap. And so after you get ready for a nap, someone has to go work on something else. Like there's so many different things yeah. that can happen during the day to where you can completely neglect the intimacy and romance side of your spouse where you guys just become like living in roommates, taking care of this child, you know? Hmm. And it's so important to stop. And even if you have to set aside time, if you have to just make blocks of time for it, whatever you have to do, it is essential to maintaining that romance and intimacy. Because at the end of the day, I have a wife. My wife has a husband. Although we're also parents, there's a whole nother side of us that we have to nurture as well. You can't neglect that and allow it to die because you have to take care of your child. Now, it's easier yeah. said than done. I'm not going to say it as if it's like the easiest thing in the world to do, but it's difficult. But is it worth losing your relationship over? That should mm -hmm. be your biggest question.
Yeah. It, it might be a little a little tedious to think about. It might be a little tedious to stop and make time. It might feel weird to stop and make time. But is not doing it worth the neglect? Is not doing mm-hmm. it worth not having time to express how you really feel? Is not doing mm-hmm. it worth not being able to grow closer on an intellectual level, on a romantic level, you know? And I think that's what we have to really ask ourselves is it, it takes a lot of putting your pride to us to the side. It takes a lot of being honest and upfront about things. You know, it, I definitely believe having a baby has taken our relationship to a whole nother level because me and my wife, before we had our daughter, were already firing on all cylinders with, yeah. our, with the baby coming in. It, it's just pushed us to a whole nother level when it comes to our work ethic, when it comes to organizing our time, because now it's really valuable. If we get two hours to relax, (laughs) where we don't have to work on our businesses, when we don't have to work with Noah, when we don't have to worry about anything else, man, that's essential. We make the best of that. But to your point, when it comes to maintaining your marriage and your child and just balancing those two lives, it's something that will take time. It's not something, it won't necessarily happen overnight. You do have to build a routine and a rhythm because I'm going to tell you those first, those first few months with your newborn, it's exhausting. Like yeah. they don't sleep. And if they do sleep, it's very, it's very sporadic. You know, there's plenty of times we woke up, you know, uh, I think she would, she would honestly go to sleep at 10 o'clock, wake back up at one, wake back up again at three, wake up again Jesus. at probably five, four o'clock, and then she might sleep till about eight. And I mean, you're talking about this is every day for months. Yeah. <laughs> this is going on. Drive you crazy. Yeah, man. I mean, it'll it'll drive you insane, man. It, it, it definitely will push your relationship to the brink. But that's why I really feel like before you get there, you guys should already know how to work as a team. And hmm. that that's the biggest thing. And what I like to tell people is with relationships, we all think it's always going to be 50-50. And it couldn't be, Boom, that couldn't be more of a lie. <laughs> Man, Man, marriage relationships are never always going to be 50-50. I mean, they're going to be things that come up and happen just through life that will require you as a husband or a wife to pick up the slack. Sometimes it's going to be 80-20 and you're yep. going to be the one doing the 80. Sometimes yep. it's going to be 40, 60, and you're going to be on the 40. And the crazy part about all of these dynamics, no matter what the split is, both people are doing their best at that time. Yep. But it's yep. what they can give. And so if you know, having a partner that understands that I'm pulling 80 and you're doing 20, but I appreciate your 20 because I know yep. the best right now. And yep. I know when I'm at my 20, you're going to be doing 80. And I know that, yep. you know, and, and that's really where that dynamic grows stronger. But once again, it's about having someone who is a true to a true teammate because everyone yeah. doesn't want to pull the slack. Yeah, man, that's crazy. And it's funny. I wrote about this in the uh, dating portion of my book. I actually say um, people think dating is a 50 50 thing. And I use right. this analogy. I say dating is a 100 100 thing. 
100% of the best that you can give at that time and 100% of the best of what I can give at that time. Doesn't mean that it's going to be the most, you know, when I'm at my most focus, mm-hmm. like you said, that could be that 20% time, but that is 100% of the energy that I can afford to give at this time. That's the yeah. best I can do. And I need you to give your 100%. And at the end of the day, if people are always giving their best, all of their best to their partner, to their child, to that entire dynamic, they will be successful. Yes, sir. Man, I truly appreciate having you today. We're running out of time. But Ben, man, it, it was amazing to have you. Everybody, make sure you follow his business page at Martin Etiquettes. Yes, Get there, order you some ties, some some beautiful accessories. Man, the work he's putting in is powerful. And the knowledge and game he just gave us is powerful. We appreciate your wisdom, Ben. And for everybody listening, you guys know this is Millennials with the Mindset, the podcast where we tell you what you need to hear and not what you want to hear. In the beginning of this new year, new mindset, always remember, change your mind, change your life. We out.